All right, here we go. Episode 70-something. It's been a while. I don't remember. But we're back. We're back. We took a bit of a break after we filmed with Cam, but now we're back, and then we should have another guest appearance for you guys coming up later this week as well, so be on the lookout for that. Sam, nice little break, but we're back. How you been? Awful. Awful? Depressed. I just, you know, I miss the show, man. I miss talking talking to the people that aren't there and talking back. I miss talking to you. Um, And the Kings might be the worst team in the NBA now. Maybe. Maybe. They gave us hope that they were, that they could be, I don't know, competitive? Worth rooting for? Maybe in it, but towards the end of the year. But, you know, I think that ship has sailed. At the time of recording this, the Kings have just given up 72 points in the first half to the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant. So their their struggles defensively are just continuing. It's all good. They're playing consistent basketball. It's all good. Tell you what, their offense really isn't a problem, though. They, they have 66 right now. Yeah, just can't stop anyone. No, they can't. No, they can't. Now, we have a lot to get to. We have a lot to get to. We took a break at an interesting time in the NFL offseason. The word NBAization of the NFL has been something that I've heard over the past couple weeks for one reason and one reason only. The NFL used to never be a 365-day-a-year sport. Free agency was never, was never as big or as drama-filled as it has been in the NBA. Typically, the NBA always has some drama. The NFL, I mean, every once in a while, a big player will move around. But this year, and, and maybe, maybe it started a year or two ago, but especially this year, And the big name that we're pointing to is Deshaun Watson. But Carson Wentz was another one as well. Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford didn't really orchestrate his way out of Detroit. But Carson Wentz, Deshaun Watson. So you're seeing in the NFL these players who are taking control of where they want to go, just like players do in the NBA. And there was a lot of talk this week about if is this good or is this bad for the NFL. And I'll just come out and I'll say it right now. I think it's great. I think it's great. One, it keeps football in the conversation year-round. But two, I mean, if you're a player, like, you absolutely, you absolutely have it within your right to express where you want to go if you're not happy in this, that, or the other. So with that, one question that I heard that I wanted to bring to you, Sam, is in the NBA, there are typically a lot of people who root for individual players and Mm -hmm. not the team per se. People root for Steph Curry. People root for LeBron James, wherever they go, wherever they go, it doesn't matter. And LeBron's probably the best example for that. Or Kevin Durant actually, for that matter. So in the NFL with these players on the move, which big high caliber players seeming seemingly taking control of their own destiny and being on the move, do you think that it is going to be good for the fans or good for the league if, one, players start to do that, and two, as a fan, do you think fans are going to start rooting for players instead of the team, or is it still going to stay the same? 
the easy answer in the short term, I think nothing will change, right? Uh, play Teams have so much power in the NFL. They have so much powers, power over fan bases as well. I mean, uh, there's so many known it's it's so much harder to relate to a player on a personal level in the NFL just because of the helmet the the uh shoulder pads everything like they it, it's they don't look uh not human but it's it's not like you're seeing LeBron smiling on the court like that that sort of stuff right mm-hmm. so I, I don't think that the player profile I don't think anyone's any Eagles fans are sitting there like, oh, I'm going to follow the Colts because Carson Wentz is now in the Colts. I don't think that's the case. I don't think Detroit fans are now, oh, well, I'll go root for Stafford and the Rams type of thing, you know? I think it's still loyalty lies with the team. Um, in terms of entertainment, I think it's it's huge for the NFL. You got the fact that Matthew Stafford, we we discussed him at length. So I think we should start with him. The fact that he now gets an opportunity to play with this level of talent is unbelievable. The fact that we get a quarterback of his caliber with this amount of talent in L.A. is great for the league, automatically makes a contender to Tampa Bay, who's still a story. It just creates stronger teams. And if you have Deshaun Watson is able to move to a team and be relevant, whether it be uh, Carolina – uh, New York or Miami, if he somehow were to get to Miami, that creates a contender that way. Like you're, the league would be able to cluster talent in such a way if players had more power and were able to go where they wanted to go, just like we've seen in the NBA. And it's created, in the NBA at least, some really interesting storylines that might not have been able to be created that way. Right, so let's get to those storylines because I feel like there are two revolving around two major quarterbacks that we haven't really gotten a chance to talk to. The easiest one to start with would be the Carson Wentz thing. So when in our absence, which was only just a, really a week, Carson Wentz got traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts, which, by the way, if you have been listening to the show, which, by the way, again, I, by said, the way. By the, I said by the, by way, the way twice. Hey, I, by I, the way, by the way, Jason – by the way, I've said by the way at least four times, by the way, in the span of about five seconds. That's okay, though. In case, um, if you have been listening to us over the past couple months, you will know that we were ahead of this Carson Wentz to Indianapolis trade. We had said this, like, I think during the regular season. Because you and I were projecting quarterbacks for the upcoming season for people who for teams who needed quarterbacks and I think this was when Jalen Hurts started a game and you and I immediately started talking about where Carson Wentz could go next season I think it was right before I think it was the week before they benched Carson Wentz I think we both were on were had the understanding that he should go to Indianapolis because it would just be perfect yeah so we called that 100 percent 100 percent so ESPN, in case you're listening, we beat you to it. Anyway. Hey, by the way, ESPN, by the way. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we beat you to it. Anyway. So there are a couple ways to look at this. Okay. You have to look at it from Indy's side. You have to look at mm-hmm. it from Carson's side. And you have to look at it from Philly's side. 
Carson landed in the best spot for him, for sure. For sure. Indianapolis, they are reuniting Carson Wentz with Frank Wright. And Frank Wright was the orchestrator of Carson Wentz's best season in Philadelphia. So on paper, that seems like that should be great. He's going to a team with a great offensive line, a great defense, pretty damn good weapons around him. A running back who is on the up and coming. Mm-hmm. And then Philly, oh man, Philly, I, I honestly feel bad for them. Really? I really do. Because they have now dead cat money mm-hmm. for Carson Wentz, which I think is like $34 million of dead cap space. I think, I think was the number. Wow. I think was the number. And they lost their head coach and their quarterback. So now the question becomes so well, we already. Not, not lost, but got rid of. Well, got rid of, yeah. There's a difference. So now the question becomes, is Philadelphia going to draft a quarterback? Because we already know that the Colts are set, and they they have now become, in my opinion, one of the top teams in the league now, for sure. If Carson Wentz is, is what he was in Philadelphia at his height, the Colts are scary. They're really, the really scary. Clear division winners. They They tied with the Titans last season and they've I think they've made an upgrade at quarterback absolutely just pure arm talent durability Ah, durability is kind of funny but yeah just just pure arm talent wise I think Frank Wright can do a lot more things with Carson Wentz than he could with Philip Rivers I agree in that in Philip's current in Philip's state last season I agree and so you look at the top teams in the AFC, and obviously the Chiefs are going to stay number one. Buffalo is going to be right there. But I would put the Colts right with Buffalo. I really would. I, and, until you beat Kansas City, you can't surpass them. But you can be right there in the conversation. And I think they're right up there with, with Buffalo. Yeah, they need to upgrade some weapons. I you, you mentioned a little bit. They have a bunch of quality tight ends. And they're actually in – I think they're they're linked to – Carson Wentz's favorite playboy, uh, Zach Ertz, too. Oh, really? So they're just trying to get everything, make it as close to what Carson Wentz had in 2016 in Philly as possible. (laughs) But they need to get some wide receiver help, especially if they're letting T.Y. Hilton walk. Then they really need to go after a Kenny Galladay and Allen Robinson, that sort of caliber. And the, the, the Colts have that cap space. Right. So... The Philadelphia Eagles are drafting six. six. So they're mm-hmm. drafting six. You think they're going to take a quarterback? Are they going to uh, they going to try to swing with Jalen Hurts? I think some of the mock drafts that I've seen isn't like three quarterbacks are taken before that sixth spot. Yeah, or no, yeah, Lawrence. Three, right? Lawrence, I think, is supposed to go one. Mm-hmm. Um. There's the kid from, I think, Zach, Zach Wilson, Wilson mm-hmm. is projected to go. And then, oh, so I got a mock draft right here from Sporting News. Um, they're saying Justin Fields forward to Ohio State. But a lot of people, so I've heard a lot about Trey Lance from mm-hmm. North Dakota State and even Mac Jones. But I think some people, I don't know, I hear mixed things about Mac Jones. I hear people who like absolutely adore him and think that he's arguably the best quarterback in the draft minus Trevor Lawrence. And then I hear people say that about Zach Wilson. And 
I hear a lot of people really high on Trey Lance as well. But the one that I hear the, the most two-sided arguments about is Mac Jones. So I'm not – I don't know if he's going to fall all the way out of the top ten. But, I mean, he could be available. Yeah, I think I think Justin Fields stays in. The one – the mock draft I'm looking at, which is all speculation, right? But he's he's falls to eight – uh, for the Panthers, but for if Fields, yeah, for Fields. But if if you're Philly and Fields is there, don't you just have that same? Uh, to me, he's comparable yeah. to Jalen Hurts, right? Yeah, maybe with a little better arm. Maybe. No, you. Yeah, you. You have a point. I think. I think you try to run it back with with Hurts. Uh, under a new system, maybe uh, try to build a system around him. I mean, he was playing in Doug Peterson's offense, which was designed for Carson Wentz. He's a completely different quarterback than than Wentz. I think you let him have an offseason. He showed, like, marginal success at times last season. I mean, he's – let's put it this way. I think he's better than Daniel Jones is right now. Yeah, yeah. Well – I, it's, he, it's, it's tough to say because he never – I mean, he got a chance, but not a, a, a full season. Like Does Jalen Hurts look better than Tua right now? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. That's a very good question. Because I, I don't think he showed a lot of – like, I think he had, like, a couple tough games, but where you're towards the end of the year where defenses sort of seemed like they were figuring him out. But he played well against – uh, Dallas and New Orleans, I think, right when he first got put in that starting spot. So give him a full off season, a full no- normal off season. I mean, no one's going to show up like Herbert and Burrow did normally, you know. Well, I since we're talking about drafting quarterbacks in the first round, I feel like this would be a perfect time for the Raiders. Up- uh, no. <laughs> um, how dare you? Um, the, I think this would be a perfect time to bring up this stat that came out about <laughs> about a week ago. Um, about, about a week ago. So here's this. No first-round quarterback drafted from 2009 to 2016 is mm-hmm. still with that team. Right. So to read off that list just really quickly, it would be Freeman – I think it was Josh Freeman, Mark Sanchez, Matt Stafford, Tim Tebow, Sam Bradford, Christian Ponder, Christian Ponder, my bad, Blaine Gabbert, um, Locker. What was Locker's name? What was his first name from Tennessee? I don't don't know. I don't remember. So Cam Newton, Josh Whedon, Ryan Tannehill, Robert Griffin III, Andrew Luck, EJ Manuel, Teddy Bridgewater, Johnny Manziel, Blake Borders, Borders, Bortles, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, um, I don't even know who this guy is. Lynch, 2016 to the Broncos. Paxton, Paxton, Paxton Lynch. Lynch. There you go. Yes. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz and Jared Goff. They're all gone. And so 2017. Who's um, taking? Who's taking 2017? Well, the list. The list is from uh, Field Yates, and he only has it from 2009 to 2016. I'm just thinking of who's that quarterback class after. Not sure, but the point that I'm trying to make really is that, is that you know, picking – you almost – I mean, it's so tough. It's so tough because you have to have a quarterback. 
And if there's a good one sitting there waiting for you, it's hard. It's hard to just sit there and go, ah, we'll go with somebody else. But I mean, drafting, as we all know, is not an exact science. And Mm -hmm. you have a quarterback, if you're Philly, who showed signs that he can play in the league. And he played under horrible circumstances and handled it very well. He handled his situation way better than Carson Wentz handled his. So, yeah, give him a chance. Give him a chance to play. Just to play. See what he can do. Credence to that, right? To the importance of – and the fact that drafting is not everything, right? Just looking at the teams that made the playoffs last year, Chiefs, first-round QB, right? Browns, first-round QB. Bills, first-round QB. Ravens, first-round QB. And then you have the Titans sitting with a first-round QB, but one they they didn't draft. So, obviously, they were able to find a solution. The Colts found Phillip Rivers. They found a solution at quarterback. Seahawks, Russell Wilson was their first-round pick. Rams had Jared Goff, who was number one pick. Buccaneers, we all know Tom's story. Was the sixth round pick slept on? Drew, I don't know. That was a long time ago. I don't even remember what round he is, but the Saints did I draft think, him. Yeah, um, I think he he was projected really high, but I think he fell a little bit because of his. Uh, yeah, he was the first pick of the second round. Yeah, he fell because of some injuries. And then look how that turned out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Washington, they had quarterback troubles all year, but they drafted a QB in the first round, and he didn't work out. And the Bears, we all know what happened to the Bears' QB situation, right? So this <laughs> this drafting high, like what it worked out for the Chiefs, Browns, Bills, Ravens, and that's a and Packers. I totally forgot to mention the Packers, too. Oh, yeah. But is that all of them that have drafted? I mean, I I can't count the Rams anymore because Jared Goff isn't on their roster anymore. Right. So from all the playoff teams that made it, that's the those are the only ones, and only one of them is in the NFC that drafted right. their quarterback in the first round and is now their franchise quarterback. So do we put too much stock into these high QB draft picks? Obviously, Trevor Lawrence is going to be sensational. He's one of the highest graded prospects of all time. He should be good. But Zach Wilson that high, Justin Fields that high, Trey Lance that high, Mac Jones that high. Like, are we are we sure? Right. Because these, these scouts are getting paid for a living. They're making a living on scouting these guys. And – it's not looking like it's necessarily a slam dunk. Well, I mean, and think about it too. I don't, I don't have the exact numbers in my head, but I believe Trevor Lawrence was the highest rated quarterback coming out of a uh, out of the draft since Andrew Luck, I yeah. think. So, but think about every single quarterback that has been drafted after Andrew Luck, and how many of them have not had as good of draft draft grades as Trevor Lawrence and still wound up being really good quarterbacks in this league, you know? And so, and so what I'm saying to that is I know that, and I, Trevor Lawrence has, I hope he plays well and I hope he's good. But again, 
if you you know if you're the Jaguars, you have to take him, obviously. But even him, even he is not a surefire thing. Mm-hmm. You know, you you just don't know. And this is another perfect transition into a team like what you dream for as a team is just to have a quarterback fall into your lap, I don't know, say in the fourth round at the 135th overall pick, like um, one Dak Prescott, and have him turn into a really good quarterback in the league. That's what you dream of as a team, or at least you'd think. Because if you're Dallas, there is still a reluctance to pay Dak Prescott right now. And did you hear the story about the Dallas Cowboys when they put out their hype video for the upcoming season, how they didn't put Dak in there? Yeah. Now, I know that they came out and they said that the hype video has nothing to, it has no correlation with, you know, the player personnel or the ownership or anything like that. But I actually, I actually didn't think it should have been that big of a deal though. Cause he's not technically on, he's not a contracted player, right? He doesn't have a contract. He's a free agent. Mm. They can franchise tag him. Yeah, they can franchise him. Yeah. But he's still a free agent. So why would they, and again, I don't think that they had any, like if this is probably some intern that was tasked with making this video and he just made it or she made it and put it together. Right. I don't think it's, it's this deep that everyone's like, Oh my God, Dallas is overlooking Dak Prescott. Do you think Dak should leave or do you think he should stay? I think he wants to stay. I think he's made that pretty clear. I think they're actually a lot closer to making a long-term deal this year than last year. It's just a matter of what I've what I've read about. It's just a matter of the length that they're right. differing on. But, but the money might be there. Like he still might get close to forty million. But here's the thing, though. I and Greeny made a good point about this earlier uh, earlier in the week. He was talking about how Dak. I think, from what I remember him saying, I think Greeny said that Dak was looking for like three years, forty million per year. I think. Okay. But the point that he was making was that, in case anybody hasn't noticed, Dallas stinks. They're really bad. And if they pay Dak Prescott three years, $40 million per year, they're still going to stink for a really, really long time. What, what makes you say that, though? Because they can't, they're going to be tied up to Dak. What are, how are they going to pay players? Um, if they were able to get Zeke's money off the books, which may be coming up here in the next couple of years. Right. But the salary cap is dropping this upcoming season. Yeah, but we're talking about, and they're getting, um, some aging O-linemen off the books too. Like this team's salary cap will be better once they get some guys that they've paid, like they paid back in Dak's rookie year. Once those guys are finally off the books, then this team could end plus they have a lot of everyone stresses the amount of talent that Dallas has on offense now you just put in a capable quarterback that's a little more talented and you have a little more confidence in than than Andy Dalton and this team could definitely be a contender in the worst division in football 
Yeah, but I mean, to they they acted like they were a championship team last year. I they drafted a wide receiver. They need to they they've locked up offense. They need to go all in on defense. Get Demarcus Lawrence maybe off the books because he's a little overpaid. I mean, they they have a lot of players that they've overpaid. They drafted. No, go ahead. No, no, you go. I was saying they drafted the way Green Bay should have drafted last season. <laughs> yeah, imagine if Green Bay got C.D. Lamb or like Brandon Ayuk. Right. right. Hey, no, but they just took a quarterback. I I think we forget that that they drafted a first round pick. Mm-hmm. QB. Who knows mm-hmm. if that will work out? It was. <laughs> I mean, it certainly worked in the sense that it seemed to piss Aaron Rodgers off. They could have just waited under the. Uh, it doesn't matter. It doesn't make any sense. It, yeah, yeah. But oh, oh well. The past is the past. But I think Aaron Rodgers is, and obviously we're not there. You, I gotta believe that he's telling them like, okay, like, <laughs> I showed you what I can still do. So let's plan for right now instead of later. But they've never shown that. They've never gone no, out. They- and gone the Antonio Browns or got, made that trade for Emmanuel Sanders or stuff like that. Like they don't go out and get, it's almost like they're so reliant on the fact that Aaron Rodgers will be able to play at this MVP, like all time great level that they're, that they're unwilling to, or unmotivated even. It's like the fact that Aaron is playing so well, is his own disadvantage because it's not forcing the hand of his own ownership to get him help. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Isn't that weird? Isn't that, it's like a weird conundrum that he's in. Like if only Aaron could miss the playoffs or something and then they'd be like, Oh my God, we gotta, we gotta, we have a big off season. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. And you know, they're, they, they, they seem to look at the future while they're still living in the past and, while they're still living in the present. And sometimes, sometimes you like, again, I, I, I keep, I keep going back to, I keep going back to Greeny because he's, he's the, my, my favorite uh, radio show host, but he, he made a good point about this as well. The Packers, they always have, uh, you know, one eye on the future, which normally is a good business strategy. You know, you want to keep evolving and looking and looking for ways to get better. But at the same time, sometimes, <laughs> And this definitely applies to a football organization like Tampa did this year. Sometimes you need to go all in for a year and go make that run with, with the guy that you have, because, you know, either you're going to be at 80% capacity always, or you're going to go in a hundred percent and just take a hit that maybe next year you'll be at 60%. You know, so you're either you're either an even keel always or up and down. And they seem to just be they just seem to just want to be at an even keel and see if that'll get them somewhere. It even makes more sense for Green Bay to do this more so than Tampa, because you got to think. Aaron is playing longer than Tom will. Right. At this right now. Aaron has more like a higher likelihood to play more seasons than Tom does just because of age. Right. Mm -hmm. So why wouldn't you go all in 
go get Aaron a wide receiver. Go get him another old lineman. Get some defensive help. Get some DBs. Get some defensive linemen. Really bolster that team like Tampa did. I mean, Tampa was completely different this year. They went out and got every single guy that was available, right? And helped I mean, helped Tom put it all together to win a championship. Green Bay can do that. And still, even if it doesn't work out, you still have Aaron Rodgers that can pull any roster pretty much into the playoffs anyway. So it's not like you're going to be in a full reboot in the foreseeable future, right? Like there's less risk with Green Bay's situation than Tampa's. Yeah. No, that's true. That's very true. You know what is a big risk, though, now that I'm thinking about it, is um, keeping Jimmy G as your quarterback. What? It's not as big as Derek Carr is the Raiders quarterback in 2021. Jimmy G back to New England. There he goes. Goodbye. Who Bye, said Jimmy. that? Me. That's a dang lie. Me. I think I've, I've read more articles of Jimmy G staying as of late. Yeah. Yeah, he's, probably, <laughs> he's probably gonna say that. I just, I just, I just wanted to, to, I don't know, make you feel sad. No, I'm kidding. Do you think? Do you think it sucks that the Raiders are trying to move on from Derek Carr? Uh, they're definitely not. Um, oh, you don't, you don't think they're trying to move on? No, no, I don't. So if I don't get that sense, where, where would you, where would you rank Derek right now in the QB? Where would I? Rank Derek? Yeah. Um, I'm grabbing a piece of paper because I feel like I'm going to have to write down quarterbacks in the league. I'd say he's he's probably hanging out between the the ten to thirteen area. Okay, that works. Yeah, that works. That works. You don't need to. You don't need to get it precise. Wouldn't Gruden owe it to the franchise? Owe it to the fans to try to get. A guy that might be in that under 10, maybe around that five to six mark. But who are you going to go get right now? Deshaun, Russell Wilson might be available. Maybe even could go get Matt Ryan. Make here's the thing, spin. Not Matt Ryan. Out of the three you just said, I would, I would not want Matt Ryan. Um, you don't think Matt Ryan even... right now is better than Derek Carr? I, no, I don't, actually. Ooh, um, that's... Ouch. It, here's here's the thing. Derek Derek had a it's he did he did have a good season last year. He really did. He really did. And you know, I read this to you and you know, for anybody else who hasn't read it, only two quarterbacks have thrown for 4000 yards with 10 or few interceptions in each of the last 3 seasons. That's Aaron Rodgers and Derek. There are I know that Derek at times the, the one thing, and my dad said it best, actually. I haven't heard anybody say this about Derek because the writers don't get a lot of national news. But so I, my dad, I have to give credit to this, like I said, that the Raiders, they can win with Derek. They really can. The thing that at times, at times, it's not always, but at times, Derek needs to be the reason that Raiders that the Raiders win games. Not one of the reasons. He needs to be the reason why they win games. And so there there are times when there where it feels like 
I don't know, like Aaron Rodgers or Mahomes or Wilson would be able to pull the team out of a deficit and 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 bring and elevate the team in that sense. Mm-hmm. And there are certain times when Derek doesn't do that. It's not always. Mm-hmm. It's not always. He's had a lot of comeback uh, game-winning drives. I think he led the league for like three years in a row um, and like come back, not three years in a row, but just the sum total of how many times he had to do it for like three years. But, you know, when the Raiders were six and three and six and four, you right then you need your quarterback to, to take a jump at the beginning of this. You can't lose that game to new England, not that new England team. Right. Right. There's just games that were going on that you just, that, <laughs> Vegas looked so good and then so bad. Right. So, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. There are so many other holes that the Raiders need to fill before they get to Derek. They need to check a lot of things off the list before they start moving to their quarterback situation. Because he's he's really not the problem. Could are there better quarterbacks in the league than Derek Carr? Yes. So by default, you could upgrade if you picked whoever you insert above Derek. And some okay. are available. Maybe maybe some are available, yes. I don't think Deshaun's available. I think he's going to go somewhere else. Um, well, he's, think... he's, a, he's not currently fully committed to his own team. So that, that would make him available to every team in the league. Right, but, but I guess what I'm saying is, is that – I know that technically he's available, but the, the 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 amount of resources that the Raiders would have to give up to acquire Deshaun, I don't necessarily think would be worth it. Um, because you just like again, you have so many other like Miami would make sense for him. I know that Miami's been a team that's been reported, but Miami's got a pretty complete team for the mm-hmm. most part. So they would be a place that if Deshaun went to, they might be able to really contend. Then, if Deshaun went to the Raiders right now, the Raiders are still not going to contend. Ooh, really? Right. I know. I, I believe that because the amount of draft picks that they would have to give up, maybe another player, they won't be able to. They probably wouldn't be able to fill as many spots on defense as they need to because they're going to tie money to Deshaun. Plus, they're going to get rid of draft picks, and they're still going to leave the holes that they have. On defense, which is really where the focal point of the offseason should be. So I think you need to focus on the defense, fill as many holes as you can right there before you start worrying about the quarterback, because Derek is not he's not the problem. I know that I know that there are quarterbacks in the league that, yes, are better than Derek. But to say that Derek Carr is the problem for the Las Vegas Raiders or to think that he's the problem just tells me you're not watching the team. And that's okay if you're not watching the team. But don't say that he's the problem because he's not. And I know you're not saying that, but um, he, he really isn't the problem. I, I promise you. As somebody who watches their every single, every single moment of every single game that they play, he's not the problem. There are other things that they can do to make them a more complete team before they get to Derek. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I, – he's just certainly not a problem. We, 
I think we we got to agree he's a top thirteen quarterback in this league, right? He's above average for sure. Yeah, in that regard, no doubt. Um, With the ability to play, but higher than that, if you remember yeah, a couple of years ago, that's the last season was probably his best year. Statistically, it was, that, but that we're know. gonna get. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's it's tough to say. I, I we'll see. But there's always been that that lingering feeling that Gruden might look to move on, and if he has the opportunity to move on to Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson, then you gotta take it. Those guys are unavailable think, every year. But I don't think that is a Derek thing. I think that's a Gruden thing because yeah. Gruden has always done that with quarterbacks. So that's not necessarily Derek's fault. No, nothing. nothing that would be totally out of Derek's control. He can't do anything. He can't put more tape on the film to convince his coach that he's the one still. No, it's completely out of his control. He's played as well as he could have under the circumstances, except for struggling towards the end of last year. But that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think they're going to stay with Derek for now, um, and I I really hope that they address other areas of of the team. So, if unless you have anything else on the NFL, we can move on uh, to the NBA talk that we have. Yeah, let's do it, man. All right, so I I just wanted to put this out there per se. Um, I I believe the NBA has. One major problem right now. I believe the NBA has this one major problem, and this one major problem is, I think, unfixable. I think the problem, the biggest issue facing the NBA is unfixable, which is... (laughs) You really got me on the edge of my seat here. I know, which is... So we talked about... We talked about... um, viewership for the Super Bowl a couple a couple uh, shows ago and how for whatever reason that the audience for the Super Bowl was lower than in previous Super Bowls which didn't make a whole lot of sense to me mm-hmm. but in terms of the NFL the NFL is so interesting and each game is so captivating because each game matters each game really does matter in terms of seeding the rate like you said the Raiders losing to New England that was huge that was huge for playoff positioning there are a lot of games throughout the year that impact so much when it comes to the playoffs every game really matters the length of their schedule and the amount of games that they play is perfect it's perfect the nba the nba i think is facing an issue where the regular season the regular season it's just and i'll go as far as to say it's not really even interesting it's really not and part of the reason why i say this is because the other night the other night you had the brooklyn nets playing against the 
playing against the Los Angeles Lakers, and Kevin Durant sat that game. I know he was battling a little bit of an injury, but the larger point that I'm trying to make is there are a lot of players throughout the year who will rest during games. The big stars, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. But he wasn't re- – I don't think he was rest. I think he's been out no, no, from no. injury. No, I, I know, I know. What I, I'm, I'm just saying, I know that – and I said that. I know that Kevin Durant was – battling a little bit of an injury why are you throwing shade kd bro (laughs) i said the larger point that i'm trying to make is that you do have a lot of instances now where guys are resting and it is it's create it's creating this these scenarios where you don't have your biggest stars playing on nationally televised games so there's that as well as just the sheer volume, in my opinion, of games that the NBA is playing makes the one individual game that is playing on some random Friday night not interesting at all. At all. And maybe, maybe I'm the only one who thinks this. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, and I'm, I'm okay to, to die on this hill. But to me, the NBA regular season is just not that interesting anymore. The NBA playoff basketball is amazing. I love NBA playoff basketball. Don't get me wrong. I will watch every playoff series, every game, if I can. But the regular season just doesn't feel interesting for two reasons. One, pretty much half the – basically half the league makes it to the playoffs. Okay, so there's a very large portion of the teams that make it in which – does create for an interesting playoffs. I'll grant you that because there are a lot of teams playing. But because of that, each game doesn't necessarily matter, one, for that reason, and two, just because there's 72 to 82 games per year. So the one game that's being shown you know, at the beginning, midway, two-thirds of the season, probably not going to matter a whole lot for seeding. So why is it even important? It's really not. And it just because the there's no drama in NBA games really, in ter- because the NFL there's always something on the line, always, and in the NBA there's not always something on the line. There's not always something on the line, and to me, that's a problem. And like I said at the beginning, I think it's unfixable. I really do, because I believe the NBA has TV contracts where they have to show certain where they have to have a certain amount of games per season because they have to bring in certain amount of revenue for these broadcasting companies. And I believe for the NBA just in general. So I don't, I don't think that they can shorten the season to make each game more captivating, more interesting. So I think the biggest problem facing the NBA is something that they really can't fix. And that, that is a shame because if you could get, the regular season basketball to feel somewhat similar to playoff basketball, that'd be great for the NBA. It really would be. What do you think? Um, I think you're being a little, little harsh, a little premature on that stance. Um, I think I, I appreciate it. It's definitely something that the NBA should consider. I just think the one, the biggest thing this, there's two things that's going on this year that's plagued this NBA Season, I think I think I agree with you. 
the interest. Oh, and the Kings are only down by two at the end of the third quarter. Uh, and to be to be clear, I don't know if I made it super clear. It's not necess- It's not just this season. No, I know. It's really know. been yeah. I know, but this season more prevalent than years past. Is that fair to say for you? Sure. Okay. So this season, I think there's two things. COVID has played a big part. People have less things going on in their life. I think we can make, I, I, I'm just going to make a generalization, right? The, the generalized statement, right? People have less things going on because they're staying at home. So maybe they're consuming, they consumed more basketball early. And now it's, there's like that fatigue aspect, maybe playing a part, right? And the NBA finals was just what, three months ago, right? There's literally, there's not been a break between these two seasons. So there might be a little bit of viewership fatigue of watching this NBA product without fans, right? That's one. Second, I think the national TV scheduling has just been, it's kind of out of of the control of the NBA, but it's just been a little peculiar because Houston is getting a lot of games on national TV. They're usually a big powerhouse, but obviously without James Harden, they're one of the worst teams in the Western Conference this year. New Orleans with Zion, they're underachieving this year. So they're on national TV. They're a product, but no one's going to tune in because they're not playing very well. Dallas has had a lot of nationally televised games. They're underachieving this year. They were supposed to take a big step with their with one of the league's brightest stars and Luka Doncic, but they've been losing games. Golden State, they have one of the biggest sports figures in the world and Stephen Curry, but that the team around him is just injured too much, right? If Clay Thompson was here, it'd be a different story, right? Uh, and then you have the Lakers and Clippers kind of slow walking, uh, sleepwalking through this season. I mean, the Lakers have been riddled with injuries as well. Anthony Davis, when he was playing, wasn't playing very well. So that team doesn't look 100%. You have Miami playing it just not like the team that we saw in the bubble at all, which was fun, exciting, dominating the Eastern Conference, and they've looked awful this year. Milwaukee's not playing at, at a high level, so I think it's it's more to do about uh, – oh, and Boston isn't playing as well either. Like these powerhouses that usually prop up these matchups in the NBA, which that's the whole thing about the regular season for the NBA that's not about the NFL, right? Like an NFL fan will care about 49ers versus Bengals, even if the Bengals haven't won a game, but because they only get that one NFL game that week. Right. But if you're a fan of uh, Philadelphia, you're not going to really be moved to watch a game against Detroit or their nationally televised game against Houston. Right. Cause there's just maybe not as many like quality, I wouldn't say quality teams, but quality play going on right now. Well, so let me give you this example. Let's say you have, let's say next season. Let's say next season you Mm -hmm. have, and this is the NFL. Let's say you have the Rams and just for you, just for you, we'll say the 49ers. Oh, that game's going to be on Sunday night. Just for you. Let's say you have the Rams and the 49ers. It's week eight. Ten. Oh. Okay, eight. Eight. Yeah. Yeah, they usually play in week eight. Let's say it's week eight. 
And you have the Rams and the 49ers. They're both 7-1 and one heading into this matchup. Wait, who's the one loss? <laughs> God, I'm so funny. Oh, the, Raiders, uh, the Raiders beat them both because they're better. So, Do the Raiders play the Niners say, next year? I have no idea. I don't think they do. Um, <laughs> I don't think they do. Um, the day that the Raiders play the Niners in the Super Bowl is going to be a glorious day for you and me. <laughs> Dude, I think that would ruin our friendship. Because one team has to lose, right? <laughs> yeah. And I've already seen the Niners lose two Super Bowls in my, well, in my I, life. I'm glad, I'm glad that you have at least gotten to watch your team in the Super Bowl. So. Anyway. So let's say you have the 49ers and the Rams battling for first place in the division. Right. It's a Sunday night game. It's the first time that they've played this season, so you know it's going to mean a lot for the division later on down the road, even for you know the entire NFC. Mm-hmm. That's a big game. That's a very, very big game. Right. Let's say currently right now, in the NBA, same division. Well, okay, I'll, same division. I'll just stop you right here. The, the reason that the other game is more com- compelling is because division titles actually mean something in the NFL compared to the NBA. That's the okay. big. That's the big thing for playoff stands because the south, okay. the Southwest Division has the Spurs as the number one, which would be the third seed in the NBA playoffs if it was like the NFL, but they're like the fifth or sixth seed in the NBA playoffs, right? So division division uh, champion titles don't mean anything, right? So I feel like that plays a little bit into what okay. is going on. Okay, right. So going off of this thought, because I think we're going to stumble on something uh, very interesting here. Uh, in, I the hope Eastern, we stumble. in the Eastern Atlantic Division, right now you have Philly at 20 and 11 and Brooklyn at 20 and 12. They're in the same division. Right. If they played tomorrow, mm-hmm. that game is nowhere near as interesting Ooh. as the Rams. Oh, as the Rams Forty ers game. Well, okay. First off, that's a little harsh because I made a outlandish generalized statement, but that is such a generalized statement because what Philadelphia Seventy Sixers fans don't think that that game is important. Oh, I mean. But what I'm saying is, what I'm the the larger point that I'm trying to make is that Philadelphia Brooklyn during that point during right now in the regular season mm-hmm. is nowhere near as compelling as it would be as a series in the playoffs. Yet in the NFL, that Rams 49ers game week eight would be just as fun and important then as it would be. In the playoffs, because they both mean Wait, why? so. Because they both mean a lot. But the Niners would blow them out in the playoffs and in Week Eight. So how would okay. that be fun and compelling? <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> you get, but you but you get what I'm you get what I'm saying, right? Uh, well, but you're so the thing you're stumbling on is the fact that the NFL is so much bigger than the NBA, and the NBA can't fight that. An NFL game is bringing in more views than an NBA game is. That's just simple. Okay, fair enough. But maybe the problem is fixable. Maybe it is fixable. Do you think that the NBA needs to change the way that they do their playoff system 
So that way, maybe division leaders do matter. Maybe they should swap how the playoffs are done as a whole, and they should just take the top 16 teams. Do you, what, do you think that the NBA could fix this if they adjusted the way that they did their playoffs? Um, I'm going to say, I, no, I don't think they would fix anything. Because the what's the problem in the NFL? The fact that we had Washington host Tampa Bay. That was a big talking point that we had this year. The NBA doesn't have that. It doesn't have that factor in their postseason. So I don't think creating now where San Antonio will host uh, the Suns, who have a better record than they do, but somehow San Antonio gets the home court advantage because they beat their worser division. Uh, I don't, I think that creates more problems that the NBA doesn't have to contend with right now. And that was the only, that was the first change that came to my mind too. So do you think that they could just swap to the top 16 teams in the league? And make a tournament. Um, But even then, I feel like that doesn't, I feel like that, almost hmm, I feel like that almost ruins their matchups like I feel like that takes away less impact of the Wednesday night games or the Friday night games type of thing because oh my gosh Lakers Clippers we know that they are more likely to meet in the Western Conference finals that is why we would be more likely to tune in but if say Lakers Clippers meet in a six in a top sixteen teams in the NBA make it, we have no idea if we'll see that matchup in the playoffs. But this, it's like, oh, like let's see what what happens, like what LeBron can do against Kawhi and Paul George, like that that gives a little bit of clues into what a playoff series might look like between these two teams because we can project and imagine that actually happening in the current system. Right. So I'm just, I'm just spitballing ideas. Like I said, I think the problem's unfixable, unfixable. I think the NBA has an unfixable problem in the sense that I don't know how you make the regular season more compelling in such a way that it's just more fun to watch. If, if the Kings were 20 and 10, would you have watched more games? But See the no, line. Uh, uh, uh. No, 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 no. Because you're drawing. Because you're drawing a line of delineation there. I am a no, fan of that team. So. No, I'll watch. I'll watch the Kings whether they're you know twenty and ten or or five and thirty. No, but because but how many games have you watched this year? Like honestly, I have just I a have ballpark no number, maybe ten, maybe, mm, maybe no, seven. No, I'd no, I'd say like half. I don't half? I, like. I don't watch all of. Uh, the entirety of the game because I obviously have homework and yeah, yeah. work and work and other yeah. stuff. But I I tune in. I know I know the final scores to all of their games. I watch yeah. the highlights. No, for sure. Um, but it's hard for me to sit down and watch an entire game. But say instead of a seven game losing streak, the Kings are on an eight game winning streak. Would you be? Would you not be more likely to tune in to that ninth game? Or so to, I hear th- to the I games hear- that's that are in that run i hear the argument you're making mm-hmm. i get what you're saying but i think that the, the line of delineation that you're making there is no i have because a point. I'm, i have a point to it 
Well, I, I mean, I'm a fan of that team. Right. So I'm going to watch them regardless. I'm talking about people who are not fans of nationally televised. So, like, you and I are not fans of the Clippers and the Lakers. That's a nationally televised game that you would think that would draw in a lot of viewers. But truthfully, I don't mm. care about it right now because of the regular because it's the regular season. Turn that into a playoff series, I'm there from tip-off to the end. But right but now, it, I don't care. But if the Kings are the number one seed and the Lakers and the Clippers are two contenders to the Kings in this abnormal uh, one division-like reality, right? Oh, which is another thing we have to quickly talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so would you not be more likely to watch that game of two teams that could potentially be playing your team in the playoffs? I don't oh, so, know. Someone's home. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, do, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Because I feel like the – the problem that you're alluding to of this not and i'm not i'm not just picking on you jason like i feel like it's the lack of quality play in the nba and how they're Could showcasing be. quality games and it's, truthfully this early maybe we we it's not enough time to divvy out who good teams are and what they look like and really allow good play to nurture in the nba it might just be too early but I don't think it's a problem that the NBA really needs to uh, worry about and focus on. Because if the Kings were somehow 20 and 10, we would be glued to our seats watching every single game. And that's the power that the NBA still has, right? Because there's just like we're Kings fans, there's Suns fans, there's Warrior fans, there's Clipper fans. There's yada, 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 Pelicans, Rockets, whatever. The list goes on of people just like us that'll do the same thing if their team is playing well. But here's the thing. You're talking about people watching their team. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about people who are – who I'm, ta- I'm saying that what is the draw for people like you and me to watch another game that has – that doesn't involve our team because – like I, I keep going back to the NFL. I will tune in to watch the Rams play the 49ers if they are playing at week eight on a Sunday night and they're both seven and one. I will tune actually regardless, I'm well, tuning into every well regardless. I'm gonna tune into every Sunday, Monday, and Thursday night game in the NFL because each of those games is important. But that's compelling. your own prerogative. It, you're, you're right. You're right. And I said this at the beginning. I could be the only person on the planet who thinks this way. And I'm totally fine with with thinking that. Wait, you're tuning but, into Jacksonville, Cincinnati? Yeah. No, you're – Jason, come on. Come on. You're, you're tuning into New York and Jacksonville last season. We had, we had every game on. Whether or not we were glued to our seats or not is one thing, but we had it on. We had it on. Mm. And I, the, the larger point that I'm trying to make is drawing in people who are not fans of the teams that are playing. What is the storyline or what is the interest that's going to pull people in to watch that game? Because right now, 
for me at least, it doesn't feel like there's anything pulling me to watch any of these NBA games because they don't really mean anything right now. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't think it's the NBA's mission to solve that problem right now. It might, it, it might not be. And I, I just wanted to pose it as a conversation, and I'm glad we got it. It was a good conversation, man. Did. It was a good conversation. Uh, yeah, I would, I would never uh, – I would not have gone on my way to go see uh, the Raiders versus Browns game last year. I'll tell you that. Well, Talk yeah. about that game. Whew, that was a barn burner. <laughs> hey, Raiders won now. <laughs> yeah, like what six zero? Is that what the final score was? Thirteen six. The weather had more points than any yeah, of the teams. It was like a baseball score. There were like thirty mile an hour winds, and thirty was more than any of uh, the combined total score. So the weather won that game. Um. Uh, so yeah. Good. So, good note though. Uh, Darren Fox and Tyrese Halberton are playing really well right now. And Rashawn, Rashawn Holmes has 18 tonight. Ooh. Good. Halliburton, rookie of the year. Uh, he, might, he, might, he might get there in a pretty weak rookie class. Yeah, he'll be in the conversation, but I feel like people are just going to go for LaMelo. LaMelo. What is the score right now? 109 to 112? There it is. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Still, Wait, still no defense. I mean, they picked up a little bit in the second half. Oh, whoa, they changed it. It's 109 to 111. Wait a minute. Wow. Why did okay. <laughs> it was 109 it was 109 to 112 with yeah. 542. I hit refresh and now it's 109 to 111 with 642. They so not only did they take changed. away Oh my god, now they went back to 528. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. This is terrible. ESPN, you're letting me down. <laughs> ESPN, you are letting me down. Okay. So we have to do this in our last like 15 minutes here. We have to do this. WandaVision. Mm-hmm. We don't even need to talk about WandaVision. We need to talk about your philosophy of how you consume entertainment in the form of cinema and TV. Okay, so Sam and I had this conversation a while ago, and he's got a different way of, of doing things than I do when it comes to <sighs> – watching these shows and these movies. We'll just use WandaVision because it was the center of the conversation that, that we had. Yeah. After after each episode of WandaVision, I will go on to like my favorite movie website, which is Cinema Blend. I've mentioned on here a million times. Man, they, they gotta pay great, us for all the times you're mentioning them. I know. They have they have great, great articles. They're so fun to read. I, I love that website. Anyway they will normally normally after every single marvel episode of wandavision they'll post an article talking about like it'll be titled something like 10 questions after wandavision episode 5 and they'll pose 10 questions about the episode like what was this what was that mm-hmm. did you guys realize that this was this what was this if, what was that if you guys are listening and you want to continue watching WandaVision and haven't gotten up to episode seven, I think it was the just one, then just, yeah. just click off. Thanks for listening. Um, we're going to geek out a little bit. Yeah. We're spoilers from this point forward. Ready. Go. Um, <laughs> ready. Set, go. Anyway. By, the, by the way, <laughs> by the way, <laughs> I should just title the episode, by the way. <laughs> you, you should. Um, 
Driving down the side. Anyway. Yeah. Um, it'll normally have a, an article title saying, like, 10 questions we have. Actually, I might be able to find it. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's like pointing out Easter eggs or something like that. Yeah, hang on. Vision episode 7. All right. Um, where is it? Here we go. 10 big questions we have after that game-changing episode 7, which was um, the most recent episode. Question right. one was, who's the missing kid on the milk carton? Okay. So then they will go into explaining on who that might be. Um, they mention who is this kid and does it have anything to do with the missing persons case that Randall Parks' Jimmy Wu was initially brought in for? Probably. So don't know who that is. Uh, what is Hayward launching? So you mentioned that he would that that they were going to be launching something soon. Mm-hmm. We we have no idea what that always. What I thought it, it was is. like a full scale invasion into the right. Hex. So they posed the question: So is he going to try and nuke the hex as a way of getting of getting division, or does he have something <laughs> slightly less explosively verbose? In mind? Oh wait, wait, Mister Mister President, um, it's the leader of a uh, sword on the line. Wait, who? Do it. Is, is that a thing? Yeah, he, he's uh, asking for clearance to nuke a small city in New Jersey. Or is it New York? I can't remember if it's the city of New York or New Jersey. Okay, I think it's New York, right? Yeah. Oh, wait, wait, why is he doing this? Apparently there's a big red dome on the entire city and he's trying to get to a dead cyborg that he's trying to reincarnate. Uh, I'm going to go with a no. Well, the the <laughs> line here, the line here is joking. They were like, so... It says, so when I can only hope, uh, so while I can only hope that sword director Hayward is um, is planning on launching a big explosive rocket right up his own ass, that's probably Ooh. not what WandaVision has in store for the military. Yeah, so obviously this author doesn't like him. So the yeah. next question was, which Marvel um, alias will Monica Rambeau use? Apparently she had multiple names in the comic book, so they just go through, you know, what uh, what her name could be and kind of what her powers were going to be. How does she have powers? So the Hex... And what they are mentioned, her powers? So they mentioned in some of the earlier episodes with her going in and out of the Hex, it was changing her DNA. Right. It was changing her. So with her being in that Hex as long as she was and then her going, like, running through, back through, which, by the way, was the stupidest thing. I don't know why she decided, oh, well, this, you know, explosive, like, moon rocket thing, rover, couldn't make it through and got the destroyed. The strongest thing on – made of the strongest material <laughs> that but, they had to offer. However, I think I can get through, so I'll be right back. That was the dumbest I get, thing. I don't get how the rover didn't make a dent, but she was able to push a dent – in the hex, you know, like the the hex was giving way for her hands. That's what I'm saying. But the but the rover was getting like, yeah. That's what I'm saying. So, my dad, my dad was making the uh, the argument that, and I, I like I like this. I don't know if he read this. I think he read it somewhere. But I think somebody was theorizing that since Marvel now has rights to the X Men, uh-huh. X Men are mutants. They are now. You couldn't have had mutants be around during this Marvel Cinematic Universe timeline because you would have known about them or 
like Wolverine would have been around. So there, you couldn't have them coexist yeah. and not have mentioned him. However, what's Wolverine going to do against Thanos? Well, I, but here's here's the thing. That, <laughs> here's the thing that the the author was making the argument for. With the amount of people that were that are in the hex right now, yeah. If all of their DNA is changing, just like Monica Rambeau's did, mm-hmm. Marvel could just go, hmm, oh. "Well, welcome to the world, mutants. Everybody who was in the hex, their DNA got mutated as well in some weird way. Boom, there's your mutants." Or like when uh, Wanda is able to lift the ve- the hex or decides to break it, because that's. I think that has to be the final who, yeah, who result, knows? right? Um, then it like creates a reaction across the whole world and it gives random people, it changes their DNA, right? Across the world. So it just spreads easier. And yeah, faster. something. The, but yeah, the author was making the argument that and Marvel has sort of set, sort of set themselves up to be able to just go, poof, there are your mutants. Because they already established that... Well, no, they didn't because... Uh... Eric Peters, Quicksilver, is in this universe. So he would have to have been a mutant before the Hex was a thing. But I don't think we know whether or not he is from the X-Men world or from the MCU world. He's still a big question <laughs> for what is going on. But he ha- um, no, he has to be from the X-Men world. I, I mean, you think. You'd Why think. would they recast Quicksilver with a guy that happens to have played Quicksilver in a different universe and have him not be the same Quicksilver from that universe just to be a different one and make it all confusing for people? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Um, right. So the next question was, will Vision ever get his memories back? Um. The next one was, what did Agatha Harkness do to Billy and Tommy? Don't know where the kids are. What is Agatha's plan for Wanda? Um, The next one was, where did Vision go? Like, after he just sort of got up out of the van and flew away, where did he go? I thought he went home. And then the last couple ones are, who are Dottie and the Delivery Man for real? Because... When Wanda came out and was using her powers on Monica, they were just kind of watching, and then afterward, they kept moving around like everything was all normal. Mm-hmm. So they're posing the question: Who are they actually? Are they not controlled by Wanda? They're actually controlled by Agatha, Agatha? probably. And that's why the um, the stork. Yeah, so actually, earlier episodes, she couldn't get rid of that, could have been created by Agatha to mess with her. So, actually, there's another something uh, about the stork. So, this next one was what did Pietro do to Monica? So, we don't know because there was a post credit scene. Um, Oh, right, right. um, So, then the the coolest one um, that I thought was actually about the stork. So, here's this because people are are theorizing that the, the villain is Mephisto, um, which is like... I don't know who that is. Yeah, he's... Well, I sent you uh, something about it, but he was he's like Marvel's devil, pretty much. Oh, um, yeah, you did tell me about that. Um, and I, I wanted it to be Nightmare. There was another there was another villain that they were theorizing. I thought it would be cool if it was Nightmare, but... 
all sides are kind of pointing to Mephisto, so we'll see. But here's this. Because technically in the comics, Mephisto is Billy and Tommy's dad, kind of. Um, Like, Wanda takes... I don't know how... She doesn't, like, marry him or, like, have sex with him or anything, but she, like, takes energy somehow from him and then creates, like, Billy and Tommy. So they're, like, technically sons of him, but it was weird. I don't know. But... yeah. So the little blurb that they have about this is, considering the theories out there that Wanda Stork was actually Mephisto in disguise in episode three, as well as the importance of animals throughout the series, I feel like there's something to take away from the Stork returning in episode seven when Wanda was losing control of her home. They said, I don't know what it means beyond possibly foreshadowing problems with uh, problems coming to her children, but it doesn't seem like a fluke. Well, does would that mean that Agatha is a agent of Mephisto? What was it, Mephisto? Mephisto, yeah, could be. Is she in cahoots? Could be, because it looked like from that, um, like little cutaway that they had that she created Pietro, right? Too the recasted Pietro. So there was a there's another question from Screen Rant, which I thought was the best, the most important thing. What does the Nexus commercial mean? The Nexus commercial was arguably the biggest part of the entire episode because mm-hmm. of what Nexus is in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, right. I can read you it if you want. Um, well, it's a uh, isn't it like a character that. Um exists in every dimension within uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe? It says primarily the word Nexus invo- invokes both the Nexus of all realities, a liminal space in the multi-universe where all possible realities meet, and the Nexus beings, incredibly powerful figures in different realities who have been able to affect the flow of time and events. Scarlet Witch is the Nexus being of Earth 616 in the comics, which gives which uh, gives her sway over broader multiverse happening. So Nexus beings are like super all-powerful beings, and that commercial being in there was probably a hint to sort of where Marvel is heading. Right. Um, so that was a very long-winded way of saying, I like doing stuff like that after the episode because I like... I forgot forgot that was... That's what that all stemmed from. Yeah, I like reading questions. I like learning these little tidbits of information that... that, Because everybody... All anybody is doing is just piecing together sort of what we see and what it kind of means. And I can't think of everything because I don't don't know the comics. But these authors... Hey, hey. Jason, don't sell yourself short like that, man. I believe in you. You could think of everything. Okay, thank you. Um, well, so far I haven't. Um, <laughs> hey, there's there's still time. One more still, episode. T- still time. <laughs> Two more, actually. And the Kings lost by nine. Woo! Damn. Well, but wait, wait. Who is that? Bryce Br- Brent Brown scored twenty nine on the Kings. Are we joking? Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Um, Can I get the box for him? But I, I like doing stuff like that, and Sam Sam does not. Oh, I'm so sorry. His name is Bruce Brown, but he did, in fact, score 29 points on the Sacramento Kings tonight. See, you said Brent, and I was like, Brent Brown's a coach. 
<laughs> so I don't know who Brent Brown is. <laughs> he went 11 for 13 from the field. He's a nice. guard. He's not a center. Nice. Uh, the Kings. Hey, that's eight in a row, baby. Cheers. Boom. Cheers. All right. So what were you, what were you talking about? I was just saying that I like doing that stuff and so, you did not. So what I think is you are cheating yourself out of a good experience when watching that video. Because what did you say the first thing? You were like, after you watched it, I watched it. I texted you, oh my, like, wow, that was crazy. Like, good luck watching it or whatever. And then you watched it later um, and you're like, eh, like it was, it was all right, but it wasn't like what everyone's talking about. And the reason is, is because you read about most of the stuff that was going on prior. So you ruined your viewing experience because of this research that you're doing after episodes. And I think you've cheated yourself out of a good experience. Well, the thing is, is that I don't agree with that necessarily because... <laughs> well, the thing obviously, is, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, and the reason why is because... I'm not reading any spoilers. The The thing about reading this is that they're just questions. They're just questions that were, that are just being put out there. Like, Hey, is this going on or is this going on? And they all could be wrong. There were a lot of theories about Endgame that ended up being wrong. And it was fun to watch which one was going to happen. I didn't know if Agatha was actually going to be the bad guy or one of the bad guys. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, it, people were theorizing that that was a possibility. Could have been somebody else. Maybe she was in on it in a different way. I don't know. Well, but, she was the only character that had asked Wanda if she wanted to redo takes, right? She's the only one? Uh, uh, no, because uh, the cop in the middle of the street at one point asked her, like, is everything all good? Do you want to reset? Somebody else asked her that once. Oh, really? Yeah. It, was it the gardener or the cop? I don't remember which one. But somebody asked. Oh, it was on the, it was on the Halloween the whole, night. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was uh, Vision's friend. The neighbor. Yeah, yeah the guy of like, the neighborhood watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're all just theories. And for me, it's fun to see which one's going to be right and which one's going to be wrong. Does it maybe make the events of what's happening a little less shocking? Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't make it any less interesting. Then it why just was the episode the... not very good to you? I didn't say it wasn't very good. I just it oh, was you said. You said it was awful. No, I didn't. <laughs> I am going to pull up the exact text. Oh my god, that episode was trash. I hate this show. I am the smartest person ever. I've thought of everything. That was the exact text you sent me. You got me. that's right ladies and gentlemen we got him (laughs) no i didn't say that but the thing is is that like it sure it maybe doesn't make the episodes like shocking because you have all these possible things that are going to happen but you're not you don't actually know you don't actually know and it's fun to see which one's true and which one and which one's not because maybe mephisto isn't even the bad guy maybe everybody's wrong which would be funny to see if everybody's wrong. Does it look like everybody's going to be wrong? No, probably not. But who knows? We don't actually know. Just yeah, theorizing. I think everyone will be wrong. Just theorizing. 
I'm not theorizing. I'm just here for the moment. I'm living in the moment of what Marvel is feeding down my gullet. And honestly, and I am here for it. Marvel movies are really the only ones that I do it for because there are so many comics that I, I just I feel like there are so many little tidbits of information that I miss out on. But for generally other TV series and you know, I'll go read about it, sure, but you know, those are just, you know, one off type movies. So are you gonna not... do this for uh the Winter Soldier and the Falcon? Uh pro- the, maybe. Yeah, no, definitely yeah, for Soldier. yeah, because yeah, it's a TV show, and it's going to be uh, part of the larger cinematic universe. So for sure, Hawkeye too. Hawkeye too. I mean, Hawkeye the TV show, Loki. Ooh, Loki would be a good one. Loki's going to be fun. Apparently, it's about um, him hunting, like the Loki from Endgame that escaped is now like a time cop, and he's hunting down other. Oh no, he's not a time cop. He's a uh, interdimensional cop where he'll hunt down Lokis from other dimensions that are like effing things up um there he's a, probably going to be a part of the uh, TVA TVA is all over the trailer um mm-hmm. the TVA is the time variance oh uh, it's time. it is time okay yeah, is an agency concerned with monitoring realities throughout the multiverse and attempting to keep um, temporal yeah, interference that, to I, a minimum. I just said that. Uh, yeah, kind of. No, like exactly, verbatim. I don't think it was verbatim, but, you know, close. Oh, no, it was, it was quoted. Okay, sure. sure. <laughs> Whatever you say. When does – can you give can you give everyone just a uh, – quick rundown of what's coming out for marvel because we're big marvel fans let's see um release marvel release dates here we go all righty so upcoming release upcoming marvel oh are we talking about movies or tv shows Nah, just tv just disney plus stuff all right so upcoming marvel let me see disney plus release dates here we go Every Marvel movie plus Disney show release date. Here we go. Um, cool. That sounds perfect. So the most the most recent one is obviously WandaVision. Um, mm-hmm. Episode and, 8 coming out this this Friday. Mm-hmm. So March 19th will be Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ooh, okay. March 19th, which will probably take us right up to May 7th, which will be Black Widow. The movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, they're finally going to release that. And then same month, May 2021, Loki is set to come out. <sighs> That's going to be so good, dude. July 9th, Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. That's supposed to come out. Uh, uh, yeah, that'll be good. I, I mean, I'm sure well, it'll be good. I know. Like, think about how I people were looking. Yeah. I was like, think about how people were looking at the Guardians of the Galaxy when it came out. And then, boom, look what that turned into. Mm-hmm. So this one is the one that I'm super excited about. These were actually one of my dad's like all time favorite comics when he were a, when he was a kid. It's the What If series, uh-huh. the animated series for the What If um, mm-hmm. Marvel series. That's going to be so much fun. So much yeah, you're going to see Doctor Strange in an Iron Man suit. Yeah, or like What If? I don't know. What if like? Oh, what if what if Bucky became the win- the Captain America and then Steve became the Winter Soldier? 
Yeah, so something like that. You'll just have you'll just have so many so many fun what ifs that they get to play out. Uh, November fifth, the Eternals. With that's going to be awesome. Late twenty twenty one is Hawkeye. Late twenty one late twenty twenty one is Miss Marvel. December seventeenth is the Spider Man film. March twenty fifth, twenty twenty two. Doctor Strange, May 2022 is Thor, Black Panther 2 is in July of next year, November of next year is Captain Marvel. Who's the lead for Black Panther 2? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Huh. How are they releasing that? Um, I don't know. We'll have to find out. <laughs> like, are they filming? Have they got to film it like this? I don't, I don't know how they're going to do that. We'll see. The, the obvious thing to do would just be to give it to Suri, have her be Black Panther. Yeah, but there's a different different physicality with the character. Like, they would have to get a whole new script in that short amount of time, whole new, like, set designs, ball. Like, the logistics just don't add up. By that. the way, we have to tell James that there's going to be a Borderlands movie. Oh, he, he's going to love that. I know. By the way, did you see the Mortal Kombat Red Band trailer? No, I didn't see the... I'm not going to go see a Mortal Kombat movie. Are you joking? Oh, dude, I would just for the action alone. The trailer oh. is awesome. The trailer oh. is so, so cool. But but it's not as cool as Justice League Zack Snyder edition. Uh, the trailer's better. Whoa! I don't think I'm going to enjoy the movie more, but the trailer is wicked. Dude, the trailer the is Snyder so cool. movie looks so good. I know. I'm so excited for that. I'm so excited for that. But you, you have to do me the favor and go watch the Red Band Mortal Kombat trailer. It's All awesome. Right. I'll load it up on my computer so I can watch it right after. Um, if you, did you ever play Mortal Kombat the game? Yeah. And so you you know the how violent that game is and all the finishers and all Fatality. that, wick, yeah the wickets that yeah so you got you got to watch the trailer and uh, tell Get me what you think here. because yeah yeah they uh they're uh they're really leaning into the the oh. violence oh yeah oh yeah well it's better and than they, the goofy little combat movie that came out like twenty years ago. Oh yeah, no, this ain't it. <laughs> I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna rewatch the trailer after we're done with this. Okay. Um, shoot, I'll even FaceTime you to hear your reaction. Oh, it's so cool. It's so fun. But they're they are actually they're they're gonna have fatalities. They're leaning into the violence of it, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's gonna fantastic. have fatalities. Okay, everyone in the audience, button mash. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, um, okay, everyone, pause the game. Look for the fatality. Oh, you haven't you haven't unlocked that one yet, so don't even try it. Try the right. easiest one. Back, back, A, A, B, up, right stick. Oh, but you got to do it. It's got to be backwards because you're you're on the left side of the character, not the right side, right? And then you, you accidentally press all the buttons, and then you just punch the person for a fatality. Oh, my and God. And you're like, damn it. You, you finally beat someone, and you're like, oh, my God, I get to, I get to do a fatality. And then you just... Touch, or you you run out of time and they just fall down. You're like, yeah. oh, this game's awesome. That was unsatisfying. <laughs> so, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are running up against the clock here. So, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. We really appreciate it. We're going to try to put out another episode uh, on Saturday with our good buddy Josh to give you some more straight NBA talk. Talk Not to find it. 
Ask ask him about the NBA problem that he asked me. I'd love to I hear will. what Josh says. I will. We'll have this. We'll uh, we'll start with it on the on the next show. Just see what he has to say, and then we'll uh, we'll talk to Josh about the NBA and go more in depth um, as the NBA is full swing right now. So, full swing. Thank you all so much for listening, and we will 